Explore presents a reading from Strangers Like Angels with a devil or two to boot by Alec and Jan Foreman. Chapter 46. Onwards we travel. Twelve years later, whilst living in Mali, we took an adventurous trip with our four children. Esther, eleven, Heidi, nine, Charles, four, Maria, two, and Enoch, our Malian co-worker. Alec and Jan Foreman, Mission Aviation Fellowship. Bamako, Mali, West Africa, 7th of July, 1990. Dear Mum and Dad, The long-awaited trip to Timbuktu, the mysterious desert city, has taken place. The journey was over 1,200 miles there and back again. Each member of the family has many tales to tell of such a trip. Here are just a few. A water pump. Pipes, people and baggage were loaded into the vehicle before we set off around 8 in the morning for the 8-hour drive to Jenny. We arrived mid-afternoon in time for the weekly market, where for Esther the most interesting part was the horse and cart park. Some horses lazily munching hay in their nosebags, others being harnessed, many setting out for home pulling gaily painted wooden carts loaded down with whole families and their market purchases. I enjoyed revisiting Jenny, my first time since 1977 during our Land Rover trip. Little has changed since. The next evening found us at Sanga in Dogon country, a collection of villages perched on top of the Bandiagara escarpment. Maria had fun sitting up high on her daddy's shoulders as we all took an early morning guided tour down the rocky path. We saw the caves of the ancient Telem people high under the ridge of the escarpment. The legend goes that the Telem used levitation to access their homes. Lower down the rusty red cliff, we visited the camouflaged mud villages. What used to be our departure point as we set course for the north, but first we had to go on a ferry across the River Niger. Charles was very excited, as it had been his preoccupation for several days. When do we go on the boat, Dad? He would frequently ask. On reaching the other side, the track became imprecise, with many false trails, but Enoch and I remembered between us the direction to go as we entered the true Sahel, with its sandy terrain and scattered thorn bushes. Late in the afternoon, we arrived at Dire to stay with Don and Sue and their four children, Stacy, Steve, Lindsay and Leslie. Our children were antsy to be out of the vehicle to play and make new friends. That night was spent sleeping on beds set up on the flat mud roof, under the stars. Magical. 
The next morning Raleigh arrived at the house to be our guide to a Balatwaring village some six miles from town, going along donkey tracks. We arrived at a group of grass mat huts where I was to survey the possibility of digging a well. The water would be used for drinking and household needs and Raleigh had hopes of having a fenced-off vegetable garden too. His wife had literally gone mad with starvation a few months before and had needed hospitalisation and prayer to stay alive and become sane. To grow vegetables was unusual there in the desert, but it would be a way of increasing food supplies for the family. Life is incredibly hard, and at present they use a dug well and dare not pull too much water in case the sides cave in, destroying their fragile lifeline. But a concrete-lined well would secure water for themselves, their animals and for growing vegetables. As logistically, it will be as easy to dig two wells as one. We will be seeking funds for another. The second well will be at a village of fishermen and their families of the Bozo people group. Their only drinking water is from the river, which is a host to any number of diseases. Here is a real opportunity to make a difference in the lives of these people. Our surveying completed, we drove further north to Timbuktu and stayed at the mission guest house. On the Monday morning, the pastor of the fledgling Timbuktu church drove with Enoch and me to an existing new well in the desert where the pump we had brought from Bamako was to be installed. We first sat on a dune under a thorn bush with the chief and elders of the local Bella people and drank tea. On such occasions it's a great temptation to show our western impatience to get on with the task in hand, but it's more important to be willing to sit and drink tea than to show off your efficiency to them. Over the following five days, the pump installation went ahead as planned, with a few hold-ups, like waiting a day and a half for a lorry to be repaired that was to bring the gravel, needing to find a source of water to mix the cement when the nearest well dried up after only pulling 20 gallons. Then a huge dust storm came through on the last evening, so we had to abandon the work and drive back into Timbuktu before our original tracks were obliterated by the shifting sands. The next morning the task was completed and the pump was installed. By midday clean, clear water issued from the pump, drawn from 100 feet below ground. That evening we had arranged to show the Jesus film at the village that would benefit from the pump. But late afternoon a tremendous wind struck Timbuktu, bringing torrential rain for an hour that threatened to destroy the mud houses. Come early evening the sky had cleared and we drove out to the village. Some 40 people gathered to sit on the damp sand dunes under the starlit night. The pastor narrated the story of Jesus in their Tamashek language prior to the video film being projected in French. 
It was good to have the opportunity to also visit the pastor in his home and meet his family. Heidi especially enjoyed playing with Zyder, their cute dachshund puppy, and Alex being petitioned to bring back a pair of puppies from the next litter when he returns there in November. Amongst many other memories, I remember how the Lord had a hand in arranging our return route. This trip being with the family, I very much wanted to minimise any dangers in travel. On our way up in mid-June, we had crossed Lake Debo when it was dry, but after the rains this was a risky route, as the lake could have flooded. We returned to Deeray to stay overnight and enjoy once again Sue's delicious home cooking, chicken with biscuits and gravy. Then everyone was up early the following morning as I planned to leave at six to try to make the 12-hour drive to the tarmac road at Neono before dark. But just as we were about to leave, I discovered a slow puncture on a front wheel. It took an hour to repair before setting off on bush roads to a village near Neonfunki. There we had to choose the route to Neono or to take the route to Mopti. As we were asking the locals the way to Neono, a UNICEF truck driven by a Malian came alongside. He said he was driving to Mopti as it was the shorter distance to the tarmac road. So we went in convoy with him and didn't even get our tyres wet, arriving in Mopti around four in the afternoon. We slept on the roof of a guest house until three in the morning, when the heavens opened. Quickly we scrambled off and went down the steps to keep dry inside. The storm lasted for five hours as it swept across Mali. If we had gone the other way as planned, we could have been stuck in a sea of mud and it would have taken us days to reach Neono. Surely God allowed that puncture to delay us in order that we would meet another angel that day. Thankful to have arrived home safe and sound with lots of love from Alec, Janice, Esther, Heidi, Charles and Maria. You've been listening to a reading from Strangers Like Angels with a Devil or Two to Boot by Alec and Jan Foreman, presented by Explore More. Explore More is an adventure lifestyle brand founded on the 1977 travel stories of Alec and Jan Foreman with a passion to inspire people to explore more of the world, engage with others and embrace global cultures to ensure a greater understanding for each other and enable positive progression. Discover great products and more on exploremore.com. That's E-X-P-L-M-O-R-E dot com.